94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC, for an episode of VFL Rewind. We're back once again, and that, the great man, Peter Liash. Liashi, congratulations down there at Williamstown Football Club. Big game of football it was, and the... Your boys got the win. Congratulations. Yeah, the little Cobras, mate. They um, The fairy tale was completed um, yesterday against Trugger 9 of Thunder. Um, had a nice five-point win. And thanks for coming down as well, Brad, and supporting um, the Cobras. You know, it was at one stage it looked like we had blown it open. It was just going to be a landslide. And um, Trugger 9 being the quality side that they are, they came back and led by two points at three-quarter time. But um, little Cobras, the little Mosquito Fleet started stepped up and um, got us across the line. It was, I'll tell you what, it felt it felt like the Bulldogs of 2016 um, the last month. We just we just kept on rolling and rolling and rolling. And it's the first under-12s premiership of that club in 18 years. Um, it's the first premiership the club's had in seven years. The reserves and the seniors look like they, they could um, do it as well this year. But um, a small community club like Auburn Vale Footy Club, it's just... So fantastic for, um, for a minnow club like that to um, be performing so well, not only in football but netball as well. So hopefully with the new club rooms and the success right now, it'll help our recruiting numbers and we shall hopefully have not one junior side but maybe three or four junior sides there in 2023. Congratulations, Ashley, on the grand final premiership. Premiership coach, they can't take that away from you. you got premiership, premiership assistant coach. Premiership assistant coach, sorry, yeah. and you got a premiership medal as well, which is a yeah, pretty great. awesome feat. We've got a big show on VFL Rewind, so I've got four special guests. We've got an action-packed show. First special guest up, we will have Callum Sinclair from the Sydney Swans. Absolute gentleman, Callum. Pretty well known to the VFL as well. 2010 VFL Team of the Year member for Port Melbourne. His first year from memory um, at Port Melbourne, he was made the VFL Team of the Year. So looking forward to chatting to Callum. He's playing... Playing in the VFL at the moment, um, probably not ideal um, being on the AFL list, but um, I'm sure he's going to have a, give it a red-hot crack in the final series if he, wherever he plays. Next up, we will have the Frosty Miller medalist, Lashy, Chris Burgess. He won the Frosty Miller. It was a, it was a riveting uh, probably hour there where we were going back and forth with uh, Fergus Green and Chris Burgess. Unfortunately, Fergus Green didn't fire, but yeah. Chris Burgess is the 2022 Frosty well, Miller Medal, and congratulations to him. Let's, let's be totally honest. Box Hill didn't fire on Saturday. I said it on the broadcast, but it was a very un-Box Hill-like performance. It was probably the, the worst game that they've probably played in three or four years. Yeah, they just did not fire at all, didn't throw any punches, did just uh, let Swans just take, take control. Next guest we'll have up is from Channel 7, Jason Bennett, who's well-known to VFL people. He knows he's VFL inside out. So looking forward to having a chat to Jason. And our last guest, the big moose, Geordie Lyle, hmm. three-time Frosty Miller medalist. He, yep. he won three. So pretty phenomenal effort for Geordie. And um, we'll chat to him about his uh, great career at Port Melbourne and Box Hill when he was um, Hawthorne, at Hawthorne. Yeah. So, he's he, a, his dad played at Box Hill as well after, after his North Melbourne career. And Geordie plays local footy just down, Born, the, yeah. down the road from here. And also, um, he's got a rare stat, which I want to talk to him a little bit later on. Okay. He's won a NEFL Premiership and a VFL Premiership. There wouldn't be many blokes that have done that. No, there wouldn't be at the present minute, like um, considering the competitions have only been joint for one and a half seasons or two seasons. Um, been rare company. Yeah, very, very rare company. I'm trying to, trying to think, did, um, who, who would have... Um, 
played in the Neefel, who played at Williamstown or Richmond last time we had a v, uh, VFL Grand Final 2019. And that tells us um, we will have two new Grand Finalists as well um, after three years. After three years, Richmond <laughs> are officially uh, out. And so out. will he. Craig McRae's still going for back-to-back, though. Oh, yeah. technically not back-to-back. Yeah. Back-to-back as senior coaches, I think. Yeah. I don't think he coached as a senior coach in 2020 or 2021. So back-to-back as a senior coach for Craig McRae, AFL level. Um, let's get stuck straight into the results we had on the weekend, Laoshi. Um, yep. Be the last time we go through a whole round. So yeah. we'll get stuck in him. I'll kick it off. Yep, no worries. Um, Gold Coast versus North Melbourne. Gold Coast got the win here, 82 to 77. Um, Aaron Hall almost, I thought he was going to get closest to 50 possessions here at one point. He's on about 25 um, in that second quarter. So I thought he was going to end up getting 40 odd. Aaron, Aaron's a former Gold Coast Sun player. 39 he got, sorry. Yeah, former Gold Coast Correct. Sun player. That's uh, obviously trying to impress him. Yeah. Impress uh, at he, North Melbourne. Aaron, I could not believe he got dropped, to be honest. Aaron Hall has been, when he's played, been one of North Melbourne's best players this year. So I was a bit of a shock to see him get dropped and play yeah. VFL. The next one we had up was Southport versus Coburg. This was Ooh. a bit of a bit of a smashing in the end. Uh in Pete McAvoy's last VFL game, Southport 144 defeated Coburg 38. Yeah, disappointing, disappointing by Coburg. But uh, I think those players probably already had sort of semi switched off. Said, you know, let's uh, uh, last game up in Queensland, knowing that silly Sunday and probably Mad Monday were going to be spent in Queensland. So I dare say some of those boys are probably in transit right now. <laughs> I reckon Jacob Dawson might have got himself three votes, and and come listen night. That could be, who knows, that could be the uh, icing on the cake to get him to win it. So that will be very interesting how that goes. I'd Uh, like to see what Jacob got the last three weeks when they've dropped games. He's been quiet. Yeah. He's been quiet. But in saying that last year, I reckon he could... Who knows? I remember one year we thought Clinton Jones was going to win the Liston by the length of the Flemington straight, and he ended up polling nothing really at all. Yep. If... Stats go or anything to go by, Jacob Dawson should be leading the Liston by about round 15 by a considerable amount. And it'll yeah. be a matter of catching me if, if you can sort of thing with um, a few of the other players. So it will be interesting how that, that does go because he has yeah. been a little bit quiet the last probably. He started off very well. So, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one from that aspect. Because, yeah, um, cause yeah the, Liston, the Liston medal winner is known now, actually. We just don't know it. Everyone, yep. everyone's played their games now, so yep. Yep. We, we, there is a there is a winner out there somewhere. I'm just going to ring a Bravo down in Mornington. <laughs> He'll tell us who he who it is. Next one, last year, they're not, and you can do the next few. The winning streak is over. Yep, no surprise. Brisbane, ten eleven seventy one defeated Casey eight nine fifty seven. Casey are not invincible. Not invincible, not surprising that they lost it. You know, temperature difference up there. It had to happen. It's good that it's happened now. But I had a listener, Ben from Wynnum Vale, missing me saying it's all over for Casey just because of one loss. Oh. How silly is that? That is, that is moronic, isn't it? I think I think it could be a little bit risky to say that it's all over. Yeah. But in saying that, if we go back yeah. in time, Casey... I've yeah. got a record of straight. They no, do. No, some people call them straight sets, Casey, because yeah. they go out in straight sets. So, I yeah. mean, if that's anything to go by. But yeah. in saying that, they've got a very good team. So, yeah. well, they've ended up top of the ladder for that for that reason. But then again, you know, they use that saying they can have top of the ladder. We'll have the premiership in four weeks' time. That's what the line we use at Auburn. No, that's true. That's true. Um, you want to get through through the next few last year. I will go through the next few for you. Um, 
We had an absolute shellacking at Blacktown International Sports Park as well. Um, the Bulldogs' win wasn't a surprise, but the margin was. Yep. Uh, 23-18-156 to Footscray. Greater Western Sydney, 6-4-40. So 116 points. That's a very disappointing way to end the year for the Giants, the only interstate side to miss out on the finals. Very, very, um, very big Loss. I'm going to yeah. say if the Western uh, Footscray had made the eight, that would have been dangerous. They would be so dangerous. They've been so good the past month, probably six weeks. Yeah, they've been the, probably one of the better teams, and um, they've I think that's back to back 100 point wins for them. Yeah, no, um, so they've they've been absolutely flying. So 125 wasn't it against uh, uh yeah. Coburg something around the, like that. Yeah, um. Uh, the game that we did on 3WBC, the Swans comfortably by 57 points, 15-12, to 6-9-45. The only shining light for Box Hill was Benny Kavara, four goals. And as I said on Saturday, I'm starting to come around to um, Anthony Sanguts, th- um, thinking that Benny might get a second chance somewhere. North Melbourne would suit him probably. Um, he has kicked a lot of goals. He's... Um, been third in the frosty, so that has to go for him. Um, it's still a big outside chance, but um, there's a there's a lot worse players you could draft than Benny Kavara if um, you had a pick forty or fifty or sixty around that. Correct. Um, this game now, I'll give you give you the score, and then you can tell me what you thought of this game. Um, it's not very often we see a side win by 181 points, but that's exactly what Werribee did at Werribee on Saturday against the Northern Bull Ants and kept them goalless as well. 29-17, 191 to 10 straight behinds the Northern Bull Ants. That, a 30-goal loss by a VFL side these days is unheard of. Like um, back in the VFA Division 2 days when it was coming towards an end in the 80s, Geelong West, Morty Alex, Sunshine, they were copying those shellackings. But we haven't seen something like that in a long time. I know Bendigo Bombers copped, a, I think, a 201-point hiding by Geelong one day. But, um, yeah, I think that's the last time we've seen anything around that mark. It was – I watched the last quarter because um, I, was, I, was, I was just hoping that the Bullants would, would show a bit of bit of fight and a bit of comeback and maybe get a few goals late. And, unfortunately, they didn't. But I do want to say one thing that – it's, this is either one or two things lashing and you can interpret it the way you want. Yeah. Werribee were either exceptionally good mm. or Northern Bullants were exceptionally poor. Yeah. I do not know the answer. I I think that Werribee were good, but I also think that Northern Bullants, their endeavour wasn't great. Um their their um their pressure their pressure acts were pretty um non existent in the last quarter. Um mm. there were and there were a lot of easy marks inside 50 for Werribee. So I know it's the last game and Northern Bullants will bounce back. They're a great club, fantastic people, fantastic club. They, I, yeah. I just hope that um, that they recruit pretty well next year and can, can bounce back from that. They will need to overhaul their list and also their coaching department. Um, the Northern Bullants to be... Correct. Um, I think it goes both ways there. We'll do the last Saturday game and then we'll leave the Sunday games for after the interview. Uh, Richmond, 9-18-72, another heartbreaking loss to the Frankston Football Club, 10-9-69. In the end, it didn't matter. Um, Richmond missed out on the eight anyway and ended up in, the, in a very familiar spot, ninth. <laughs> they, so, sure, they sure did. And they, so. 
they probably thought they were a chance um, Saturday night playing yeah. Collingwood playing Carlton, but yeah. Carlton, uh, yeah, they got the win. Um, so yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, we've got three games to go go through after that, but we're gonna go to a break now. We're gonna get our first special guest on the line. Looking forward to chatting to this man uh, from Sydney Swans, um, well known to VFL people um, in Callum Sinclair. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on ninety four point one FM, three WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. This game's had it all today, folks at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest of the evening and uh, really happy to have a chat to this man. Uh, he's well known to VFL people, 2010 VFL Player of the Year. He uh, went over, played for Port Melbourne. He went over west um, and was lucky enough to get drafted to the West Coast Eagles. Played in the 2015 Grand Final and then was... Uh, Moved into state to the Sydney Swans, and he's on the Sydney Swans AFL list now. And he joins us on the line, Callum Sinclair. Callum, welcome to VFL Rewind, and uh, thanks for taking our call. No worries, mate. Much appreciated. I've um, got me in the middle of making a stir fry. I've, 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 got, a bit, I've, I've got a bit of time, I think. All good. <laughs> g'day, g'day, Callum. She's speaking. Congratulations on a great season for the club, um, both at VFL and AFL. Um, level, um, have you seen your season um, so far this year? And um, who are some of the teammates at, in the VFL side that have actually impressed you? Yeah, mate. Personally, um, probably pretty challenging, mate. Uh, the back end of my career, and definitely would have loved to be playing more senior footy than what yeah. I probably have been. Um, you know, the last couple of seasons, but mate, I, I have been, you know, really realistic with, with kind of where I'm at in my career. I probably knew. You know, extending my contract last year for another season that I'll probably be playing a, a fair bit of um, VFL football, um, which has been which has had its challenges at times. You obviously want to be out there playing seniors, but um, you know, I can't commend the VFL program enough, mate. Um, I think they've been the improvement of some of the players in our group has been um, has really been remarkable over the last twelve months. Um, in particular, I think a couple of guys I've probably put in that category be. Will Gould, you know, our full-back, you know, probably had a fair bit of inconsistency for a couple of years there, but he's been, a, um, a, he's been best on ground numerous occasions. Probably our most improved player would be um, Lachlan Rankin. Um, coming to the club, he was obviously um, pretty tough as an 18-year-old, but he, how he's improved and embraced, you know, that, that, um, that defensive role, he's been um, absolutely super this year. Have you um, seen the VFL competition compared to... Back in 2011 at Port Melbourne, and how do you compare it to the waffle competition where you've had a bit of experience at Subiaco? Really different compared to back what it was in 2011. Um, you know, I don't think the, 
the COVID pandemic has helped the VFL competition. I've obviously been really challenged the last couple of years with what Melbourne went through. Um, but, you know, mate, like, like you said, you know, I've grown up, you know, following Port Melbourne and playing Port Melbourne. So I'm a real big believer that, you know, those standalone clubs should be, you know, um, really heavily represented in the VFL competition and should get as much support as possible. Because I think it's great for footy. Um, I think it's great for communities. I think... Um, It'd be a real shame to see those kind of clubs, you know, fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, um, you know, with, with attendances and, and, and things like that in games, it seems like it's, you know, um, just on the decline a little bit. But I hope the injection of the AFL doesn't damage the VSL too much. Um, I don't think it, it, it will, but I, I, I'd just like to see the standalone clubs um, be a bit more represented because I think you guys remember back in the day that it was... Absolutely fantastic seeing, you know, Coburg and, and Werribee and Port Melbourne all up and about and having the, the tribal communities, um, you know, really involved. Um, and as compared to the Waffle, uh, the Waffle's a, it's a very good competition, um, very tribal. Communities get behind their, their clubs. The facilities are great. Obviously, the weather is probably a lot better than it is in Victoria. Um, <laughs> the game style is very different, um, very open, not... I didn't lay a tackle for four years when I was first, so it was fantastic. Um, and obviously, we're, we're playing with Burleys as well, so over there. But, mate, two really good comps. Um, it'd just be great to see the VFL get a bit more trials and um, back to it. So, you're not a fan of the Burley footy, I gather? Well, I actually got a fair, um, probably had my best years in Perth. Um, <laughs> so, I found, a fair bit, I found a fair bit of the Burley, but it, it, it does come off the foot a little bit different. You suppose if you ask Brendan Favola, you can kick her further and handle her better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this this week in the VFL, the Sydney boys uh, travel to Case. Hey, I guess how the boys, I don't know if the boys have spoken much about um, the finals in the VFL much, but um, how do you prepare against for Casey? I mean, they were 17 and 1, um, uh, 17 and zip, and now they're 17 and 1. They're going to probably want to make, an, make amends for their loss on Saturday. Um, how do you see, uh, I guess, the boys coming out for the big game against Casey? Hey, what are you chopping up right now, Callum? Oh, a bit of parsley, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, what, what stir fry have we got, Cal? You got a chicken uh, or... Uh, I'm, on the, um, I'm, on the, I'm not sure if you guys are sponsored by any um, sponsors, but the Marley Spoon on the big fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, like um, home delivery, isn't it? Yeah. Correct, yeah. But uh, in answer to your question, no, man, they've had a super season. Um, I don't think um, it's very tough to go through. They almost went through undefeated. They also did what Port Melbourne did in 2010 and went through undefeated. Um, 2011, sorry. Um, but, you know, look, it's been spoken about a little bit. You know, we have spoken about finals a little bit. You know, we had to win on the weekend to secure our top four position. Um, so we definitely were well aware that we'd probably line up against Casey. Um, look, mate, there's... You know, with their senior side, um, obviously in contention this year as well, you know, they're going to have a lot of hungry footballers, you know, wanting to secure a spot in the senior side, and, and much like us as well. So um, I think it'll be a really good display of footy on the weekend. Um, you know, I think it's, um, you know, definitely after a loss that they've had, I'm sure they're going to come up, come out pretty fired up and definitely got a handful of AFL players we're going to have to, um, you know, keep an eye on. Um, but, mate, I think, I think it'll be a great day and I definitely encourage everyone to get out there at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the VFL boys that, um, or AFL list of boys that have been playing VFL of late. Uh, uh, Marty, um, can you tell us a little bit about him? He seems like a very um, exciting player. No, nah, he is. He's definitely a character, lads, as well. He's definitely one of the more popular members of the group. He uh, 
definitely enjoys the Bondi lifestyle, mate. And, uh, you know, thinks he's, a, thinks he's a celebrity when he comes to Melbourne. Um, but, mate, I think, you know, I think, um, you know, Joel, when he first came to the club, like, you know, he definitely was, um, uh, hadn't been exposed to a, to a high-performing environment before, hadn't really trained much. Um, so it probably took Joel a while to kind of understand um, what it takes to play at the top level. And I think last season was his first year he actually had a full pre-season. So, um He's probably been a bit unlucky with selection, you know. We'll probably stack the tolls this year, and and Sam Reid's obviously, um, and Lance Franklin obviously have had a fantastic combination the last eight weeks. So he's probably just, um, you know, probably troubled by selection a little bit. Um, but in saying that, in terms of his form, I, I may be really consistent this year. He's, um, he's a dead eye in front of goal, and um, I think, yeah, I think he'll be set for a really good career. And I know he's disappointed. He probably would have liked to play a bit more senior footy, but as a footballer, he's improved immensely this year. Uh, the two guys that really impressed me on Saturday against uh, Box Hill, um, number 34, Matty Roberts, and number 32, James Bell, both got around the mid-30s. I think um, Roberts even got around the 38, 39 disposals. What can you tell us about those guys? Because, um, you know, ne- never heard of them until I saw them on Saturday, and, oh, geez, they really turned it on on Saturday. Robbo's a ripper. Um, first year player at the club, and he's just been a real sponge, mate. Like I couldn't um, speak high enough of Robbo. Just he's a, doesn't say much, you know. He's pretty, um, you know, pretty quiet, but um, a real lovable character around the footy club. And you know, he's done everything this year to, um, to give himself the best shot of selection. And um, he's got a really strong um, career ahead of him because he does all the right things, ticks every box, and his performances have been extremely consistent this year. And he's a strong lad. Um, doesn't shy away from the physical contest, and, and Belly's an interesting one. Plays a lot, plays a lot of flair. Um, knows where the goals are. Um, you know, he's probably another bloke that's probably been a bit stiff this year with selection, but um, I think his uh, his attitude towards the footy club and, and how he's attacked his footy has been super. So both still pretty young, exciting players, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm quite confident they're going to have a have a good future in the. In the in, in the game. And the two other boys, number 50 and 51, Goulden and Collis. Um, first first saw them um, in the NTFL um, earlier this year. Uh, are, are those boys planning to do the um, Northern Territory circuit again um, this summer? I'll have to ask him, actually, mate. I'm a, um, I might join them. Mate. I'm, um, it's actually not a bad thing. Extra, I actually wouldn't mind a bit of extra cash in the, uh, in the summer months, so I might, um, <laughs> might expect those boys about it half there, but Mate, I'm not 100% sure. I know Will had a really good time up there and uh, really embraced the, the culture and the community aspect of the game up there. So yeah. um, not too sure, but he definitely, I think he had a couple of um, games where he kicked the steal up. So um, yeah. no, I'm, I'll, uh, I'm sure, they'll, um, sure they'll definitely head up there and uh, enjoy that footy again. Final question from me, Cal. Uh, as you mentioned, you see, I've... I've, I've um, I've been um, at ease of how relaxed you are, I guess, of your football career, and you, you're so open about, you know, what the future holds and that. Um, and I've got a question regarding that. Um, one day, would you love if you ever moved back to Melbourne to, um, I guess, play VFL, or would you would you probably be someone who'd want to go back and play local or post AFL career? What what what's your, I guess, ambitions, or is it probably you haven't thought about that yet? But I don't know. Um, look, oh, VFL is a pretty tough gig these days, mate. I think um, when you've been training. Training your um, training your backside off for over 12 years, you obviously wouldn't mind um, a bit of a break. And VFL pre-seasons aren't exactly easy these days; they're, they're still pretty full on. But not too sure. Look, I'll, I'll probably weigh that up. You know, I, def- I definitely wouldn't have a break. Um, you know, when the day I, I finish up, and um, but it's, it's a tough one, mate. You're obviously a long time retired, 
and um, you know you obviously um, want to soak up as much footy as you can. But um, mate, you know life gets in the way. You know I've got a partner who's who's from overseas, and we'd love to spend some some, some more time with her um, and her family. And you know it's, it's pretty hard when you go on social media and, and you see a lot of your mates, you know, um, in the middle of June, July, you know, soaking up the sun in um, in Italy and and Rome and France. So. That might be a draw card um, in those months, but <laughs> I would love to stay involved in the game longer term. I've got an interest in the media and stuff, mate. So if you guys ever need a co-host over the next few years, I'll, I'll probably jump on board that. But um, if you come back I'll, to uh, if you come back to Melbourne, Calvin, we can get you into special comments for starters, and then then you can work yourself up to Channel Seven. <laughs> Absolutely, no. Well, no worries. And, might be the version of a cane <laughs> <laughs> Well, Carl, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Thanks for um, yeah, giving us a bit of an insight of what's going on um, up at the Swans. We don't hear much um, down here in Melbourne. So thank you very much for joining us. And, yeah, good luck for the finals campaign um, with the Swans, um, wherever, whichever team you're in. Enjoy no the surf fry as well, mate. No Thanks, Cal. Cal Callum Sinclair, there, great man. A from, good value from the Sydney Swans. Great chat. Um, <laughs> great, great insight. And yeah, looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, do well in the final series with ever whichever team he's in. Um, a bit of a laugh there, hearing him chop away in the background. <laughs> it was, it was a good laugh. Um, and yeah, good, good to see that. Uh, yeah, he's eating, eating well up there. Um, I think. I think the thing you mentioned, Marley Spoon. I think that is, um, yeah, like a kit meal. You get a bit of everything in you prepare it yourself so um yeah well done to uh Callum we're gonna go to a break now we're gonna be back after the break with uh Chris Burgess who is from the Gold Coast Suns and we're gonna chat to him a little bit about winning the Frosty Miller medal which is an absolutely phenomenal effort Mm. and um we'll join we'll speak to Chris after the break you're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC this game's had it all today, folks, at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're um, endeavouring endeavoring to get Chris Burgess on the line, but while we do, we're going to go through the last three games of the VFL season that were played yesterday. And Lash is going to kick us off with uh, the first one, which was Carlton versus Collingwood. This one was a real upset. I think everyone thought, yeah, Collingwood would win this and um, that'll be the end of the story. But... Um, to Carlton's credit, they kept them to 5-11-41 and they themselves kicked 7-9-51 for a 10-point victory. They got their spot in the eight and it was Seagalata Richmond, um, ended up in ninth. Um, so, well done to Carlton Footy Club. Um, we then go down the highway to Geelong and... Um, where Geelong had a comfortable 32-point win against the uh, Port Melbourne Football Club, 10-14-74 to 5-12-42. So Geelong finished off the year um, reasonably okay. They it probably won't be a year that they would want to remember too much about. 
And the last game of the year was down at Williamstown Oval between Williamstown and Sandringham. Sandringham, 17-8-110, had a 40-point win against the Seagulls. 10-10-70, and Essendon had the bye. Now, Williamstown, I can't remember the last time they only won three games of the year. Um, I guess again, 1995 when they won nothing. Um, and um, if I was a Williamstown supporter... I wouldn't be too worried about um, this season. I think um, the amount of players that were lost over COVID in the last couple of years, 1,800 games worth, isn't isn't easy to um, cover. And Brad's had some success. We've um, got Chris on the line, I believe. Yeah, so we're lucky enough to have the Frosty Miller medalist as of essentially Saturday or yesterday, depending if whatever if you want to close out the round or the, the, the race between Fergus Green and Chris Burgess. It was in entertaining. Chris Burgess I uh, was behind by um was it two was it two goals out or th- no. What was it? It was three it's two goals. Two, two goals. goals, yeah, two, two goals. goals. One by three. Two goals and one by three. I was getting my, my numbers back to front. So one by three goals on fifty two goals, which is a fantastic event. First person since two thousand and twelve or oh, 2013, sorry, to, to kick over 50 goals in a season at VFL level. So it's a great achievement. And he joins us on the line now, Chris Burgess. Chris, welcome to VFL Rewind. Congratulations on the Frosty Miller medal. It's an amazing achievement, and thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. G'day, Chris Lausche speaking. Congratulations on a great year um, yourself and a great year for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, did you sort of... Um, Keep an eye on the afternoon proceedings at Box Hill City Oval after you finished your last game, or were you already back on a plane to the Gold Coast? Uh, no, I, I kind of had a look every now and then. I didn't want to um, have a look too much because it kind of made me a little bit nervous. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely kept, kept an eye on it just to, just yeah. to see how it was going. The last six to seven weeks, what has been the change with the um, Suns VFL team? Because I watched you guys live at Essendon um, and you came back from a fair way behind and got over the line there. And ever since that, the um, you've just been rolling along and um, I think you've only dropped one game since that. What's been the change there? Um, I think we're all just starting to work together really well as a team. Um yeah, it, whether that's the back line, midfield and forward line, it's all just started to click. Um, and we're all pretty new to playing with each other at the beginning of the year, so it was always going to take a little bit of time to, to get to know how each other's play. And, um, yeah, we've been lucky enough to win a few close games as well, which has really helped uh, our run to finals. Yeah, the Gold Coast Suns have won six games in a row, which is an absolutely fantastic achievement. Um, I guess from the mid-season, weren't sure how things were going to go, but it's been an amazing turnaround. I wanted to talk a little bit about the game on Saturday, against North Melbourne. Um, the boys got the win by five points. Uh, some of the players, I guess, from the Gold Coast Suns, who I think are, I wanted to talk a little bit about, was uh, James Cheetahs. How's, how's James settled in this year? Um, obviously a Marjorie medal from South Australia, another medal winner, um, fantastic credentialed player. How's um, James settled in um, up at the Gold Coast? Yeah, he's settled in really well. Um, he's a great lad, uh, full of energy. Um, Love to love to chat and yeah, it goes really hard at training and obviously um, as you can see on on match day, he's um, he puts his head in the oven and just goes after and gets the ball. So he does anything for the team and that's definitely a, a teammate that you want to have on the field. Now I've noticed on, on your list you had a youngster number thirty nine, James Frawley. Now this is tongue in cheek, mate. What can you tell us about James Frawley? 
Yeah, um, yeah, he's playing on the weekend. Um, yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Um, I think we, I think he qualifies now for finals after that game. Which oh is, yeah, which is pretty huge. Um, yeah, it's just good to have his experience out there, and we've got a few youngsters in the back line, um, and then him and Rory Thompson are just able to help them out on the footy field, and hopefully that fast tracks a bit of their development. You look at the Gold Coast Suns VFL team, it played um, on Saturday and it's something probably we haven't seen from the Gold Coast Suns of recent times is a lot of depth and a lot of good players on the VFL list. I uh, wanted to ask a little bit about uh, the senior coach. Uh, we had him on probably uh, two months ago or so um, in, in Jackson Kornberg. Um, how's he been? He's, he's very young and, and new to, I guess, um, the game, I guess. Um, how's he been as a, as a coach when you played VFL? Yeah, he's been um, he's been awesome. Um, him, and then we've got the other coaches with Shorey and and Crotty, and they've all been really good. Um, yeah, he just brings um, great footy knowledge. Um, yeah, he's real positive, and um, all the boys love him at the club. Um, he's been a great coach for, for the and youngsters and even even us older players. And this Sunday, massive game against the Box Hill Hawks in the finals, six o'clock, unique start time. Uh, how the boys are talking up, I guess. Um, I guess for some of the boys today, potentially might have been a mad Monday. How's how's all that um worked out as well? I guess um with some of the boys, I guess their season over, and I guess some of you boys I'm um, playing on. Yeah, so they've um yeah we figured out who, or well, I think they figured out who's um eligible for for finals, and those players are at training today. And now the feel around the group is is really positive, and um yeah we're just really. Uh, confident and, and ready for the game on, on Sunday night. Football in Queensland must be in a really healthy state because you've got, in the VFL competition, you've not only got yourself in the, in the um, top eight, but you've also got Brisbane and Southport. Um, have you, have you, you're originally from South Australia. Um, have you seen um, the, the, the football in Queensland locally if you've had time to ha- have a look at it? Yeah, it's definitely starting to grow um, in Queensland. I reckon when I first came here four years ago, um, it probably wasn't as huge as it is now and um, you even have people stopping you on the street now recognising you, so it's obviously um, it's growing a lot up here, which is really exciting for the footy club. And, and yeah. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, as we mentioned, congratulations on the Frosty Miller Medal. It's a pretty prestigious award down here in Melbourne. Um, we take it take it pretty seriously, and some fantastic greats have won that medal. Um, so congratulations to you on that. Looking forward to, um, I guess, yeah, you get presented with it at the Liston Medal Night, which is, I think, in about three or f- three weeks or so. So, yeah, congratulations on that. And um, good luck with the Gold Coast boys in the finals. Um, hopefully you can, uh, you can do well and um, do well for Queensland up there. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Chris Burgess there from the Gold Coast Suns, a uh, fantastic guy, very rapt to, uh, to win the Frosty Miller medal. As he said, he's keeping a bit of an eye on it, which is, I think we all would have done that. It's a, it's back, a, back-to-back Queensland wins for the Frosty. Yeah, Matt, Matt Himmelman. Is Himmelman, that yeah, yeah, who now plays at Redland Victoria Point Football Club. He's gone back to Redland. Um, he only spent the year at Astley. But, um, yeah, we've got another another big guest coming up, so yeah. we'll have a quick break, yeah. hey, Brad? Yeah, so we've got another big guest coming up. Uh, we'll have... Uh, Jason Bennett, uh, we're looking forward to having a chat to Jace. A little bit about, um, I guess he's he's a fantastic commentator for Channel 7 and he's done a fantastic work throughout this year. And obviously he will be involved come finals time with the little crew they've got, which I think it's been 
I'll have to ask him. It's been seven years, Lausche. The three, the same three guys have done the VFL. So started in 2015. It was Nige, um, Brownie, and Jace, and yep. it, and 20, 2022, and the, the three of them are still going. And I think that's yeah. that's um, it's a pretty big. Big effort um, for the three of them to, to have done it for so long. And we'll, yep. we'll chat to Jace after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our third special guest of the evening. And this man is an absolute superstar when it comes to broadcasting. Growing up as a kid, my, and it's still probably in my top two or three favourite shows of all time, is Headliners. don't know if you remember Headliners last year, but it was, it's on YouTube if you ever get a chance. If any of our listeners are listening, Headliners, they did all, Jace did all the big stories of the day, like Swans moving to Sydney and um, Frio being born and fantastic broadcaster and I'm um, so wrapped when uh, he signed for Channel 7 and he joins us on the line now. He's, he's the lead commentator of Channel 7 VFL, Jace Bennett. Jace, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brad. No, not just a lead commentator, I'm just a role player. <laughs> <laughs> seven years of, uh, it's Lousy speaking, Jace, uh, seven years of uh, VFL football. Um, any favourite moments there? All the years of doing VFL footy, oh, jeez. <laughs> Haven't we had some amazing... Um, we've been lucky. So we started doing 7 VFL in 2015, mm. and I'd just come back from the US. I'd been over there for six years. So I hadn't called a footy game for 10 years. Mm. So I remember the very first game that we uh, did was out at the Witten Oval. It was Footscray and Box Hill. Mm. And I remember turning up, and I'd never met Brownie before, and I'd never <laughs> met Nudge before, and, and it was this whole new adventure. And geez, we've had some fun, haven't we, over the years? And we've had some amazing games. I mean, there's so many that sort of uh, that spring to mind. All those great final series down at Northport uh, every year just seemed like you know the weather had come good at the right time, and all these teams had put on these amazing you know one kick games. And and then of course the um, some of the grand finals, you know that Port uh, Richmond grand final where um, Ben Lennon had to kick after the siren to win the game for Richmond, and it went right, and, and Port won the flag after almost being extinct at the start of the year, almost out of business. And then the Willie Richmond one, obviously, the last, which is the last grand final. I mean, how long ago does that take? <laughs> it's forever ago, doesn't it? Up until, up until the weekend, Richmond were the reigning champs. I mean, they still technically are, but they, you know, they're not going to be able to defend it. But, um, uh, and, you know, Willie Wheeler with those two kicks that were identical from the same spot that hit the same part of the goalpost and they ended up losing. And Yeah, I mean, geez, we've, had, we've had some amazing uh, amazing games over the years. It's been, uh, it's been quite a ride. Now you like a little bit of travelling, travelling each weekend. A couple of weeks ago, you did the Frankston Box Hill game, and then a few hours later, you surfaced down at uh, the Geelong St Kilda game. Now you didn't drive around the whole bay, did you? You caught the ferry um, from Sorrento across to Queenscliff, I hope. 
Channel 7. Well, look, I'll tell you what, the old days, I reckon they would have said the Channel 7 chopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, you would have jumped on the chopper. But, yep. you know, I, I reckon, the, I reckon the, the cutoff of the chopper is if you're maybe in the top 400 talent at the network, you might <laughs> get chopper privileges, but I'm not chopper worthy. So, no, we drove around, but I... We well, drove around. Jeez. Oh, Channel 7 provided a driver, so he picked me up and drove, which was good because I actually did have a bit of a kit on the way into Geelong, which was handy, and then I went straight to the airport, slept there that night, and then I did the Brisbane-Carlton game on the Sunday. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. That's huge. That's, that's a major major commitment. Yeah, it was great to see you do two games in one day. I don't think that's ever been done, two games on either side of the bay. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the VFL season at the moment. Um. No one knows better than you about the way it goes, and I guess you see a lot of football, a lot of AFL now commentating AFL, but uh, the VFL final series is on this week. Uh, some interesting games, Casey versus Sydney. Uh, how do you see that one going? Because I know that uh, Casey probably be a bit, bit shattered after going 17 and zip, and now they're 17 and 1. Interesting, isn't it? Um, look, I, the fact that it's at Casey Fields, I think, is a massive advantage. Is there a bigger home ground advantage? Maybe Geelong at Cadinia Park in the AFL, is there a bigger home ground advantage in footy at the moment than Casey Fields? Well, everyone hates between, going there. <laughs> between the, the Casey Bs in the VFL and the AFL, um, when Melbourne AFLW team, I think they're 13-0 and zero there this year. Wow. No visiting teams beating them. And to be fair, hardly any of them got close. So I think that's a massive advantage. But having said that, Sydney, I, I reckon Sydney are the Smokies. They're the sleeper in the comp at the moment. Their leading form's really good. So I'm doing that game on Saturday, and we're going to be very interested just to see where Sydney are at, because everybody comes to Casey with a plan, and everyone sort of knows, you know, the wind does this, and Casey like to do that. But it's one thing to know what, what you're up against. It's another thing to actually be able to overcome it. So I reckon that's a really interesting game, that one. And it could end up turning out that it, it, these two flip over and end up meeting again on grand final day. Yes, it's quite a possibility. I actually, I, I believe that, because... The way that Sydney have been playing, they have been playing some really good football, and I think that they they finishing fourth has been a big opportunity for them to go up against the Casey, who um, yeah have lost the game. It will be interesting though, now as you time mentioned. Now to play them, right? Play them in the first exactly. Two, when it's, when it's a couple, give them a double chance. Exactly. If you have to play them in weeks two or three, and it's cutthroat. You only get one shot. So even this week, if they go there and they play and they put up a good show and they learn some things. There's nothing to say that they can't go and win the next couple of weeks and face them again in, in a month's time with a few little learnings under their belt. And, and the other thing that's fascinating, makes it harder for all of us, really, and more, and more interesting. I mean, Kate, um, Sydney are coming off a five-game winning streak, and some of those teams are you know, pretty handy that they've beaten. That Collingwood game last week was one of the games of the year. But um, is that because it's a 21-team comp now, we're not even really getting close to having you know every team necessarily playing every team once in the comp or even seeing... The teams. I mean, I know, I know, Brad. You and I have spoken about this, you know, in the lead up. But you know, just with so many teams, it's hard to keep track of everybody. And some of those northern states teams for us in Victoria can really sneak under the radar a bit. You know, you're not, you're just not seeing them as much. And you know, Southport's in the same boat. And then you've got Gold Coast and Brisbane who have both made it as well. I mean, it's a great performance from all those teams. But in a way, they sort of come in with a little bit of an advantage. The Victorian teams tend to play each other a bit and see each other a bit, and they've got players who have played at the, you know, their club that have now swapped to that club. So there's a bit more cross-pollination and practice matches and all that sort of thing. It's easier to scout. Now, having said that, of course, every game is live-streamed this year, which is awesome, but it's not quite the same, is it? 
what that tells us uh, about the northern states, Jason, is that the NEFL competition wasn't wasn't as weak as we thought it was. That's what I reckon that is. Um, that's why those clubs have been successful. Um, talking about grand finals, were you surprised that Icon Park was um, named as the venue, considering it's a construction site right now? And if you were Southport and Brisbane and if you made a grand final, would you be a little bit annoyed in the game not being played at either Metricon or the Gabba? Uh, well, it's not a building site anymore. The building's all finished and AFLW starts there on Thursday night. So I think the, the capacity there is around about 12,000, 12,500 now. Yep. So um, for a VFL grand final, look, it depends on who's in it, doesn't it? You know, um, Whether or not that's enough or whether it's going to be a full house. I mean, it might be a full house on Thursday night. Yep. Um, but, you know, it comes back to that. Are we better off having a full house, let's say? Let's say we do get a full house for VFL Grand Final Day. Let's hope we do, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we get 12,000 people there and the place is heating. Mm-hmm. Are we better off having it there than having it, say, at Marvel where 12,000 feels empty? It's a good point, Jase. I haven't thought of that, to be honest. And no, he's right there. But at the interstate sides, if you had a Southport and Brisbane... Well, you come into the comp, I think you know what you're coming into, don't you? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a fair point. point. That's a fair point. You know, like, I, I, I sort of think... Um, they would have known that from the start. Um, and, uh, look, I, don't, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you know, in a, in a completely fair world, the top team in the comp gets the, you know, the highest-ranked flight team gets the, the grand final at home like they're doing in the AFLW. But, look, that won't happen in the AFLW this year either. The AFLW grand final will be here in Melbourne somewhere, um, most probably at Marvel, because of all the cricket grounds. Yeah, and that's the next complication, right? All those grounds, can't, can't use Adelaide Oval, can't use Optus Stadium, can't use the Gabba, can't use the SCG because by that time of the year it's cricket season and they've got the rights to the ground. Yeah, which is which is very true and I guess, yeah, they'll probably um, in, in years years moving forward, they'll probably use Marvel a lot, I guess, for some of the big blockbuster games. Uh, final question from me and as we mentioned off the top, seven years, the three of these boys have been doing it together and doing a phenomenal effort. Um, have you got any quirky stories? I remember a day at Box Hill when uh, the wind was coming in sideways, and uh, you, I think you were, you were, someone was holding up an umbrella while they were calling. Correct me if I'm no, wrong. No, we were hanging on to the. We That's right. That's it. <laughs> the marquee was about to blow us in a Middleborough Road. Right, we're up on this scaffolding, which is like three stories high, on this scaffolding on the far side at, at Box Hill, and um, it was blowing a gale and pouring rain and hailing, and so and and the wind was blowing across the ground towards us. So we're about to take off. So literally the marquee was starting to, you could feel the the, um, the scaffolding start to sort of, you know, it was moving. And so the floor manager's at the back, he's hanging on for dear life. I'm calling a game, I'm hanging on. Nudge has got the other side, he's hanging on. All the wind and the rain is blowing in. It's all over our equipment. So we've got cables and electrical stuff everywhere. I'm looking down, I'm standing, you know, like a, a, a circle of cables. And it's underwater. Oh, and I'm, thinking, I'm not sure whether I'm going to get electrocuted or blown off the back first. Oh, gee. It was, uh, it was a bit hairy that day. And the other one that really springs to mind is, I mean, most days at Point, Point Jelly Brand can be a bit hairy, but there was one in particular where Williamstown played Sandringham oh, a few yeah. years ago. It might have been 2018 or 2019, and Sandy didn't have kicking a goal. It was the windiest, um, wettest, blowiest, horrendous day. And that was before Williamstown's ground was drained. So all the water just pulled across the top of the ground. And... Fortunately, they've got the drainage done now, but it used to be that so all the water on the broadcast side would only get as far as the cricket pitch was, was raised, and so it would pull there, and the rest was a, sort of a slope down towards the water. And so it was totally underwater. The boundary line, the interchange benches were underwater. Um, our camera, which is 
probably, I don't know, how much is a one of those big cameras? Probably 60, 70 kilos at least, blew off the scaffolding before oh, the game. Geez. So we had to take all the cameras down. That's how strong the wind was. It picked up a camera and threw it over the side of the scaffolding. So all the cameras had to come down to ground level. And then we couldn't see a thing because we're in the commentary box and the rain was just sleeping down. So um, some one of the poor guys in the crew had to actually get a squeegee and he was hanging on for dear life out the front, squeegeeing the window so we could see. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And yeah, so Billy Myers, I remember, kicked in from the back pocket and uh, with the wind behind him and it, it flew to the wing and hit the ground and then took off because it aquaplaned. And it went out of bounds and left half forward. So I think we measured it. It was something like 95 metres. Oh, jeez. It, it was just an incredible day. So in the end, Williamstown uh, won very comfortably, and Sandy didn't kick a goal. It was just yeah, one of those memorable days. And I remember Ellie Blackburn, the Bulldogs captain, she was doing boundary for one of the few times early on. Like, it was one of the first times she'd ever done it. And I think we had a hashtag that day, pray for Ellie, because she was almost needed flippers and a snorkel on the other side of the ground. Well, Jason, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Great insight, great some great funny stories of the OBs um, at Channel 7. And, yeah, good luck with calling the finals series um, for Channel 7. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a ripper. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jason. Will we see you out of Casey on the weekend, or are you guys doing the calling with Carlton? Mate, today? I wouldn't send my mother-in-law to Casey. <laughs> We're, um, 3, 3WBC will be commentating the uh, Box Hill versus Gold Coast game. Um, right, okay, six, great. Six well, o'clock. What do you guys think about that, just quickly? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, um interesting one. I think um, Box Hill probably... Uh, uh, probably going to go in as underdogs, to be honest. I think that um, Gold Coast six in a row might be the ones to beat. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll enjoy it, boys. Thanks, Jace. Jace Bennett there from Channel 7. Absolute ripper. Great man. Knows his VFL inside out. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with Jordan Lyle from Port Melbourne after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. L&P Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. M&R Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the VFA slash VFL Legends segment, part of the night, which is always my favourite. And uh, seems we had Chris Burgess on who won the Frosty Miller medal on Saturday. I thought it'd uh, be a great idea to get a man who's won a few Frosty Millers. He's won three, three Frosty Miller medals, uh, also premiership player. And he's got a rare stat of being a kneeful Premiership player and a VFL Premiership player. Uh, player. He's cap- he was ex-captain of the Port Melbourne Football Club. He's retired from the VFL now and playing local football. And he joins us on the line now, Geordie Lyle. Geordie, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. G'day, Brad. Thanks for having me on. G'day, Geordie. Lousy speaking. Um, what made you choose Port Melbourne as a club yeah. after you finished up um, up in Brisbane? G'day, Lousy. Um to be honest, I'd, I'd played a bit of Box Hill uh, when I was affiliated with Hawthorne and I knew what it was like to be within a line club and probably thought that um, with the likelihood of AFL being behind me, I wanted to go to a standalone club and have that real sort of, almost that local footy type of environment where you're just there to enjoy your footy, you don't have to worry about the, the politics that might be associated with an affiliated club would be the main reason. 
and as we mentioned, arrived at Port Melbourne Football Club and uh, was straight into it. I guess playing that role. I guess as a which, what would you call it? Was it a was it a centre half forward or a full forward? Or is it sort of a hybrid name these days? I guess um what they call the forwards, Geordie. Yeah, I think it, it might have started off as a as a centre half forward, and then as I got older and slower and fatter, I drifted towards the goal square and became more of a full forward. <laughs> and a three time Frosty Miller medal. Um, of those three, which one stands out as your as your favourite? Um, I know three the three were pretty special. Um, yeah, which one was your favourite? Um, uh, to be honest, I can't remember exactly what years were which, but <laughs> probably the year I kicked the most goals. I mean, the first one I. I drew, so with two other blokes, I think it was Sam, Sam Grimley and um, McBean from Richmond. So not that one. I'd probably say one of the ones where I won it in my own right. And as we mentioned, uh, 2017 uh, in the Premiership team for the, the Port Melbourne Football Club. Well, can you tell, tell us a little bit about that year? Um, it was a pretty magical year for the Port Melbourne Football Club. Uh, backs against the wall early on and... Uh, the boys are rallied together throughout that season, and uh, the final. I spoke to Tom O'Sullivan about this a few weeks ago. That final series by Port Melbourne is one of the most special, um, I guess, efforts from a team because yeah, they they beat a rampaging uh, Williamstown Football Club who uh, yeah probably thought they had one hand on the cup already. Yeah, it really was a special year. I think backs against the wall explains it, it pretty well. I remember in round one that year, um, we actually played for free. Some people might not remember that because the club was. Um, struggling um, with some of the payments financially and then as you said in the final series we lost the first final had to do it the hard way and then um, won three in a row including the prelim against the old rivals Willie and obviously the, the win after the siren in the grand final so it, it was a bit of a fairy tale uh, season all in all. 20, uh, 2017 that grand final was remarkable like um, Port Port gone for all money early on in that last quarter and um Dylan Conway, probably having a chat to him after the game at uh, Northport back back in those days, I said to him, "I go, you've virtually done nothing all day, and then three goals really quickly." And um, I think it was Wolferton who kicked the winning winning goal. Um, when did you think um, things were the, the tide was turning for you guys in that game? Oh, it was close all day, but then when. Um I think it was Ben Griffiths kicked the one who made them nearly three goals up with like five minutes to go. I thought it was all over. Like that was the first time I really thought we can't win from here. Um, but as you said, Dylan was amazing. Like I think that's what we love about Aussie rules footy. You can, you can have a game where you do absolutely nothing all day, and then bob up, have three kicks for three goals, and be the hero. So it's quite so special. Uh, you were appointed the captain of the Port Melbourne Football Club, which is a fantastic achievement. Um, I guess uh, was I guess. Growing up, I guess, was leadership always something that you prided yourself on or was it something as you got a bit older that I guess you worked yourself into? Because you and um, Tom O'Sullivan as captains, were, I guess, were a, a very good duo, I thought. Yeah, I had leadership roles, I suppose, when I was in junior footy and going through school. Um, sort of something that comes a little bit naturally to me. I think I'm quite social and generally bond well um, with the players and Tommy being co-captain with me was perfect because he was able to do some of the more leading by example, I suppose, training the house down, things like that, that I don't do very well. He complimented me really well because he's, um, you know, such a professional around the footy club as well. Your dad played at Box Hill in the 80s. Um, who would be the more colourful character out of you and your your dad? I'm going to tell you why I asked ask this question afterwards. <laughs> um yeah, the 80s and 90s. Uh, I actually still remember going to watch him as a kid. I think 
I think um, socially I'm probably a bit more of a colourful character, but on field he was a bit more colourful. I think he used to get himself into a, a lot more trouble on the field than I did. I tried to keep a low profile on the field. I was a 12 or 13-year-old kid at Oakley Football Club, and I will never forget Terry Smith of Oakley went down. And your old man just said, can you lift him over the fence and bury him in the cemetery next door? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Geordie, <laughs> uh, um, as we mentioned, you retired from VFL level, but um, you're still having a kick um, these days down at Baldwin in, in um, the, the Eastern Footy League. Um, how's, how's the jump back to local been? And um, are you enjoying I, I'm, I haven't watched the game, Geordie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm guessing um, the goal square down there is probably called the Geordie Lyle goal square, at a guess. Am I wrong, or are you more be moving up the ground a bit more these days? No, definitely not moving up the ground. <laughs> I don't share the goal square with a very talented uh, forward called Charlie Haley, who's, who's dominating down in that competition as well. But no, it's been really enjoyable. We've, um, we've had a good year. We're playing finals on an elimination final on Sunday, and... Um, in a pretty even competition where we're an outside chance. But I've, I've enjoyed it. I've got Rodney Ede as coach, so he's just a different a different version of Airsy, pretty much. Got that dry humour like Airsy <laughs> had, and uh, it's been enjoyable. Yeah, they're, they're similar coaches. They give, both give a good spray, I'm guessing. Yeah, they do both do a good spray. Uh, Rocket, uh, thankfully, I haven't been on the end of one, but I've had the pleasure of witnessing a couple, and he gets fired up, gets the steam coming out the ears in the same way that Andy did. Well, Geordie, um, really appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, reminiscing about um, a great football career at VFL level, three Frosty Miller medals. Uh, not many blokes have done that. Nah, yeah, good luck in the Eastern Footy League finals, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Lassie. Thanks, Jordy. Thanks, Jordy. Jordy Lowell, absolute ripper. Fantastic bloke, Jordy. Absolutely love him. Always loved him at Port. And, yeah. Um, great forward. And it's great to see him go go back local and, and have, have a bit of fun. Yeah, um, hopefully hopefully he has a win in an elimination yeah. final on Sunday, I think he fingers said. Cro- so fingers crossed for him. Uh, that's the end of the show. We're at a wrap now. Lassie, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next week, mate. We'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much to all our loyal listeners who have listened um, throughout the year. We really appreciate the support. And uh, next up is Phil Edwards uh, with Fizzy Nights. So uh, have some great music on. Uh, You've been listening to VFL Rewind on 94.1 FM, 3WBC.